Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, July 1st. We'll kick it off as always with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. We had a couple of IL placements. First off, starting pitcher Shane McClanahan of the Rays was placed on the 15-day IL with back tightness. The Southpaw will be out through the All-Star break, and Luis Patino is a candidate to take over his vacated rotation spot, but the Rays aren't afraid to utilize bullpen games, so his rotation spot may remain vacant through the All-Star break. Elsewhere, third baseman Royce Lewis is expected to be placed on the 10 day IL with a strained left oblique. He left Saturday's game with the injury. The oft-injured youngster is likely to be out through the All-Star break as well. Kyle Farmer will likely see more playing time in Lewis's absence over at the hot corner. In terms of transactions, starting pitcher Julio Urias of the Dodgers was activated from the 15-day IL. It's been a month and a half since Urias last started due to a strained left hamstring. Prior to the injury, he was authoring the worst season of his career with a 4.39 ERA in 10 starts and he struggled in his return to the bigs, allowing five runs in a trio of innings with just five whiffs and a 17% CSW. Given his track record, Arias isn't a drop right now, but if things don't turn around soon, he'll be hitting waiver wires all over the place. And lastly, starting pitcher Tarek Skubal is expected to be activated from the 60-day IL to start Tuesday against the A's, and starting pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez is similarly expected to be activated from the 15-day IL to start Wednesday against the A's. The former has missed the entire season Season after undergoing flexor tendon surgery, Scoobal has been electric during his rehab assignment though and has showcased improved stuff, namely improved velocity on his fastball. And he was universally rostered last year when he posted a 3.52 ERA across 21 starts, so he should probably be scooped up in most leagues right now. And Rodriguez missed all of June with a ruptured finger pulley, which sounds painful. He pitched to a 2.13 ERA across his 11 starts prior to the injury and should be rostered in most leagues given his soft landing in Oakland upon his return. And we'll wrap things up with one bit of news. Starting pitcher Framber Valdez is dealing with a sprained ankle. It's not enough to land him on the IL, but he will not start today. And before we look at the notable performances from Saturday, we've got a quick word from Underdog Fantasy. It's time to step up to the plate and show off your baseball knowledge and fantasy skills. Check out Underdog Fantasy's 7th inning stretch tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your 
dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. The best part, once you draft your team, you're all set. No need to worry about waivers, substitutions, or trades during the tournament, and don't worry about setting your lineups each week. Underdog will automatically select your highest scoring players for you. The seventh inning stretch has four thrilling rounds, each with its own player groups, from the 12-person groups in round one to the intense 134-person final group in round four. The competition keeps getting more intense the further you go. And with our code PITCHERLIST, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-L-I-S-T, all caps, you'll receive a 100% deposit match up to $100, and it's only $7 to enter. Just check the description of this episode for the sign-up link, and make sure you use the promo code PITCHERLIST when you sign up. Mark your calendars. The tournament starts right after the MLB All-Star break, so get ready to slide into the action. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description, use promo code PITCHERLIST, and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. You must be 18 years or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Now we can look at the notable performances from Saturday, a day in which we had a full slate of 16 games due to a doubleheader between the Yankees and the Cardinals. We'll start it off with our hitters, and we've got a third baseman special today. We'll lead off with Alec Bohm versus the Nationals as he helped the Phillies to a big win. They won 19-4 in this one. Bohm himself went 4-5, for five, scoring three times with a pair of home runs and six RBI. He's up to nine home runs on the year and 55 RBI. But Bohm is sort of the hitter he's always been. His batting average is better than the league average right now he's batting 280 but he doesn't hit for a lot of power we've been waiting for that power to develop and accompany his bat to ball skills but it's never arrived across the past couple of years saturday's pair of dingers might be a spark of hope because bohm is hitting fly balls at a career high rate and if he can start to pull the ball more than a third of the time he may be able to fake his way into being a home run hitter but as he is you sort of have to be satisfied with bohm's solid but underwhelming everyday performance Manny Machado helped the Padres to a win in Cincinnati. They scored 12 runs as they went home victors. Machado went two for five with two runs two home runs and three RBI. He's up to 11 home runs now on each of his home runs, had an exit velocity of at least 104 miles per hour. But to put it bluntly, it's been a terrible year for Machado. Even after the two home run night, he's posting career worst metrics across the board. The worst part is that his stat cast metrics don't portray an incoming bounce back. In fact, they suggest that Machado has somehow been overperforming. While I don't believe he'll get back to last year's MVP caliber level, I trust in Machado's track record to make the necessary adjustment and get back to destroying baseball. This game might have been the start of that adjustment, so I'm excited to see if he can start a hot streak and get back to the Machado that we know. And lastly, Matt Chapman did all he could, but the Blue Jays went home as losers versus the Red Sox. He went two for three with a pair of runs, a home run, a double, two RBIs, a walk, and a steal for the combo meal. He's up to 11 homers and three steals on the season now. And Chapman began the year looking like an MVP candidate. He was batting 384 with five dingers and a 218 WRC plus through April, but he's cooled off in subsequent months, barely hitting over 200, which is six home runs. It's mostly been a result of the strikeouts returning to his game as he's 
striking out over 30% of the time in the past couple of months, and that's been holding him back from making contact. When he does make contact, he does great stuff. His 18% barrel rate trails only Matt Olson and Shohei Otani among qualified hitters, and those two lead their respective leagues in dingers, while Chapman has a measly 11. I'd expect more production in the power department for Chapman in the coming months, but his average may continue to fall if he doesn't rein in the strikeouts. If you'd like a breakdown of the notable hitting performances from Saturday, check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound and look at the notable starting pitching performances, opening with Justin Verlander versus the Giants as he helped his team to a win, tossing seven scoreless innings, allowing just five hits with one walk and six strikeouts. He racked up 15 whiffs and a 30% CSW across 102 pitches. He had a great feel for his slider in this one. The pitch racked up 11 whiffs on 41% CSW, and we had yet to see Verlander string consecutive good starts together since his first two of the season. Since then, we've seen him alternate starts of one earned run with starts of four or more earned runs. It's sort of looks like age is finally catching up with him in his age 40 season. Verlander's pitcherless player page bar graphs aren't too pretty. Lots of blue there and he's currently striking out batters at his lowest rate since 2014. His curve has been the pitch that looks to have deteriorated the most after posting CSW marks with the pitch north of 34% in each of his past two full seasons 2022 and 2019. The pitch is garnering swinging strikes and called strikes just 28% of the time. He needs that pitch to avoid becoming a two pitch pitcher and the fact it racked up 36% CSW on on Sunday and in his last start lends even more credence to the importance of the curve. Verlander will head to San Diego next to test out the curveball theory further. Tyler Glass now took a tough luck loss in Seattle, tossing five and two-thirds innings, allowing seven hits, three in runs, and one walk, but he struck out 11 batters while racking up 23 whiffs and a 37% CSW across 102 pitches. He earned the golden goal on Saturday, leading baseball in whiffs to earn the gallows pull and in CSW to earn the king call. Each of Glass now's main trio of pitches had at least six whiffs and a 32% CSW. The slider led the way with nine whiffs and the heater with 41% CSW. That slider is one of the nastiest in baseball with a 96th percentile swinging strike rate. And he struck out 12 batters last time out, giving him 23 strikeouts across his past two starts. And that has pushed his strikeout rate north of 36%, which trails only Spencer Strider among starters with at least 35 innings pitched this year. And despite all the punch outs, Glasnow has been very inefficient and has failed to complete six innings in all but one of his starts this year. That'll be the next step in his development as he has the stuff and deceptiveness to be one of the best pitchers in the game. He just needs to last longer in them. Glass now will have a tough matchup next time out versus the Braves, but with the way that he's pitching right now, I think he could take down anyone. Now for some more negative performances, Aurie Perez took home the loss in Atlanta as he couldn't escape with the first. He got just one out while allowing seven hits and six earned runs with no walks and no strikeouts. He had six whiffs and a 23% CSW, but that sort of doesn't matter when you allow six runs with only one out. The Braves jumped on Perez early and chased him from the game before he could complete the first inning, and the outing inflated his ERA more than a full run, but it's still pretty nice at 2.47. The Marlins are expected to send Perez to the minors through the All-Star break to limit his workload, so hopefully that'll make him fully rested for an elite second half as he's been great this year outside of this one start. And lastly, we've got Luis Severino in St. Louis as he also took home a loss, tossing four innings but allowing nine hits and nine runs, seven of which were earned with three walks and two strikeouts. He induced 12 whiffs with a 24% CSW. And Severino's fastball change combo was not it today. The heater was down one and a half miles per hour and the change went for just 16% CSW and it's been a terrible return from injury for Severino who currently sports a 6.30 
ERA and a 1.65 whip through his first eight starts. His pitcherless player page is ice cold blue across the board. There's clearly something wrong right now, and it's difficult to tell if it's due to his health, repertoire, or mechanics. The question now is whether or not to continue rostering him. I can tell you that in the one league that I roster him, I dropped him after this most recent disaster, and Severino will take on the Orioles next, and ultimately it's up to you whether or not to hold, but considering the underlying metrics, he seems to be a clear drop right now. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Starting with the saves guys, Kenley Jansen worked around one run as he got a four-out save for his 17th of the year. Scott Barlow also had a four-out save, his 10th of the year. Yohan Duran went for number 12. Paul Sewald got five outs on his way to his 15th save and Scott McGuff got save number seven. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Clay Holmes pitched the ninth up by four. Trevor May pitched a scoreless 10th in a tie game that Kendall Graveman would eventually surrender the walk-off run in. And Alex Lang pitched the ninth in a tie game and stayed on for the 10th to earn the dub. And Will Smith got the final out of the game after Joe Barlow made things close in the ninth. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitcher performances from Saturday, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article written by yours truly. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll look forward to Saturday, July 1st, a day in which we'll have another full slate of 15 games. My matchup of the day is Spencer Strider versus Sandy Alcantara. That should be a fun matchup. Both guys throw gas and can be electric when they have things going. In terms of probable starters, we've got seven guys in the auto start tier, including both Strider and Alcantara. We also have Garrett Cole in St. Louis, Kevin Gauspin versus the Red Sox, and Luis Castillo versus the Rays. Our probably start tier is expansive as we have 12 guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Paul Blackburn versus the White Sox. He's a Toby, but the White Sox are not a scary matchup. I'd also keep an eye out for David Peterson versus the Giants. He did really well in his return from the minor leagues and could keep it going versus the Giants. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would say Guardians hitters versus Jamison Tyone and his 6.90 ERA. He's a righty, so target some lefties. I think somebody that's available in most leagues is Will Brennan. And as always, I'm going to suggest teams and cores on Sunday. That'll be the Tigers and the Rockies. And now we'll close things out with our 
relievers to watch. Kendall Graveman has pitched in three of the past four days, so Reynaldo Lopez may get a shot at a save today. And Trevor May has gone back-to-back, so Sam Mole may be turned to today if a save chance arises. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast. Bubba will be back with you on Monday and throughout the week, and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.